So, uh, today for my, uh, for my... Uh, season five, episode uh, three. Uh, episode three of what the heck with this dweck? Uh, Mike Laro. He's a newer guy. Uh, he's new when I met him, and I didn't know he was so brand new when I, you know, first saw him. But he's very good. He's a very good writer. Very smart. Uh, his comedy is very very good. And uh, it's very clever, and he always seems to be on point with uh, social commentary and stuff. And it's not to preach your, like, either way. It's just, you know, it's very good. And he just has a unique way of doing things. So uh, I'm really excited to talk about stuff with him. So uh, thank you. This is my first, like, pre-recorded before the interview. Like, one of my first, like, pre-recorded before uh, the interview uh, things, so, uh, intros, so, uh, thank you, okay, let's get into it soon. Hello? What's up, Rich? Hey, Mike, how you doing? Pretty good, how are you, bro? Good, I'm excited to have you on, uh, oh yeah, I'm excited to do it. This is, uh, season five, episode three of the podcast, I'm very happy to have you on, it's, it's so interesting, uh, you know, I was just talking with, uh, another person about this, how, like, I have a list of, like, all the people I want to have on, right? So, right. it's like, and it always ends up going to, no matter how far, like, I go along to it, it always ends up back to 130 people is, like, the number <laughs> I have to interview. <laughs> and That's the autism. It's just so cool. <laughs> like, that's a specific number. It's just like, oh, now it's back to that number again. But uh, mm. when did you start? doing uh stand-up i started uh about a year ago in... yeah a year ago march so right before right. pandemic yeah i i just found out like that you were one of the like the guys that started like right before the pandemic because i haven't with a few people and uh i figured like that you've been doing it for years just by how tight your material is like you're very Thank you. like, I appreciate it, in the intro. Like I, you're very I don't know how to describe it. Like it feels like you're like uh almost religious in the way that you kind of study comedy, I guess it seems. Like, does that resonate with you? Are you a huge comedy? I, that's a good way to describe it, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I I've loved like stand up since I was like a little kid and like as a kid i loved snl all those things so, like i was just like i loved right. comedy so i grew up just like absorbing all that like i think you just kind of learn like i wouldn't i don't want to say like the formula but like the flow of like joke telling storytelling like you have an idea of how it should be and like you don't want it to have too long and have it right i think that all kind of just like stuck in my brain whereas like i forced myself to try when i write a joke make sure i have as little like that these people do and like obviously re- listen to interviews on these guys how they go about stuff like so it's right. kind of like who were your uh like early people that you grew up sort of watching and idolizing i mean my first favorite a lot of people hate him now but dane cook 
Dave, oh, Dave Cook was yeah, like I, the greatest I, when I, I was a kid, man. I just re-listened to a bunch of his stuff. Uh, he is very like underrated for all the stuff he can do. Like one of my favorite things about him is like you know how Jim Carrey is known for like his faces. I feel like yeah. Dave Cook can do that with his voice. Like, oh, hundred percent. He was like the king of inflection. Bit. I feel like. Yeah, like the speaking spell bit is fantastic. Like he just, I just feel I think, so bad for him with everything that went down with him early on, and it's just well, like he, that thing. Like I, I feel like he's just had a lot of bad luck with a lot yeah. of things. Like it seemed like because like like I, I know a lot of people don't like him because they're like, oh, he's a he seems very douchey, which to an extent. I could agree with, like, I get that or whatever. But when you're a kid, you're not seeing it. Like, oh, you're thinking, like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. Right. Because you just seem like that frat boy type of dude. And everyone, every dude is a kid. Like, you think that's cool. Yeah. But, like, but then you look at, uh, like, I know a lot of people, if it's, if it's not that that they hate, they, they're they like, oh, he's a thief. But then it turns out, like, a lot of people are saying, like, it's one of the few occasions where, like, it really did seem like it was peril thinking type right. things. And, like, me- and then... It's he like, even went to, uh, I think it was Louis. He went to Louis's house and just sat one night, just drinking with him and just like apologized. He was like, "I don't know if I did it yeah. or not, but I just wanted to let you know." Like, which I think is a good thing. And you know, it's and, so funny. Yeah. Is uh, like, uh, did you ever you watched Louis? I bet you watched Louis's uh, show, uh, his FX show, right? That he had Dane on here and there. I wasn't like a huge well, fan of it that time. I want to watch it now. He had Dane on, and he did this episode where. Basically, he had he wanted to get um, Lady Gaga tickets for his daughter, and Dane Cook was the only person who had them. So he had mm. to go and like talk to Dane, and like they had this whole entire like thing, and they had this whole conversation, and you would swear that it was like ad libbed almost, but Dane revealed probably it was completely written by Louis, like completely, like oh yeah, and like. You know, it has, like, some great lines in it. Like, Dane's, like, I, it's, like, three similar bits. He's, like, you think you're the only one in the whole world who has an itchy asshole? It's, like, you know? Mm. It's, like, you know? And it's just a huge conversation. And then at the end of the episode, he says to him, he's, like, I'll give you the tickets. But your daughter's, like, seven or, like, whatever. She's, like, she's not going to care about the tickets. She's going to want, like, an actual gift from you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and it's, like, it's a really nice episode, but it's like, it's kind of interesting to me that like that is completely written by Louis when it seems like so, like self-effacing towards him, like, and like nice to Dane and be like, you know, no. but yeah. Well, I, I think Louis like, he gets so much shit now because of the yeah. shit with the jerking off, but Louis, in my opinion, is if not the best comedy writer, but one of the best comedy writers on the planet right now. Oh yeah. And he and he is also one of the greatest stand-ups of all time. Yeah. And yeah, he just sure. his name got so besmirched that people don't talk about him anymore. Yeah. But that show was like like the episodes I did see and like from what everyone tells me, it's like it's so genius where he just knows all of the actors and people that are playing these roles to them they know them to a T that he could just write and this is their voice. Right. Uh he was the one of the first comics that like influenced me. I talked about him I talk about him a lot that he's, you know, it's, it's so crazy. Just everything. Like for me, I, I guess the, like, uh, back in my, like 
time as like comedy getting into it was there was only like two people growing up that people were really into that was shown a whole bunch on Comedy Central when I was a kid was Jeff Dunham and uh, Gabriel Iglesias. And Gabriel Iglesias is fine. I love Gabriel Iglesias. He's fucking great. And Jeff Dunham, I'm like mixed on. Like sometimes I like him, sometimes I like him. (laughs) The only uh, other guy I remember Comedy Central showing a lot was Mencia when we were kids. Oh, yeah. And obviously that changed fast. Yeah, he had his show and stuff. And then it was like 2010 when I really got into like my nerdiness of stand-up was when I got into Louie. And I think he was just so like influential to me because it was like, oh, like he was the first comedian I saw that didn't wear like a suit on stage or like, you know, wasn't like a, you know, traditional comic to me. So it was like cool to see his stuff. And uh, him and like Bill Burr, like were two early people that were like, oh yeah, this is, you know, and it's so crazy to see them now, like just progressed. Are you still there? I'm sorry. Could I? Well. Hey, is that? Yeah, there, Rich. There? Yeah, I think we cut out for a second. I'm sorry. All right, yeah. No, I was saying, uh, like with Bill Burr, yeah. we in there like on just presents, and it just being like twenty minutes of him, and I'm thinking like, oh, he's all right, and all of a sudden the guy's like this, the biggest fucking stand up in the world now, and it's wild to yeah. see that progression. Like, you just don't, ex- especially him. Like, I never expected to see that from him at that point. I was like, oh, this guy's just a, a good comic, like nothing crazy. Right. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it used the like it was like a massive growth really fast, and like I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So, do you have any other people that like sort of like influenced you later on before you like really got on stage? Later on, like like yeah, Norman was huge. Fantastic. Norman, in my opinion, I, is the best stand like working stand up going right now. Like for some guy like a oh, guy guy's yeah. touring. And he's fucking such a nice dude too. I I met him a couple times at shows that he's done. He's like the nicest dude. Yeah. He was a I, big I got, one. Uh, I almost got to meet him and uh I chickened out. I was like I don't know why I got starstruck. I was like <laughs> They got way too shy to meet him. Oh, he's a real, especially like if, if it's a show like, and he's like hanging out like afterwards, like he take a picture with the guy, like he's just, and he, and he loves, he loves like being appreciated. Yeah, I, I heard think. he's super nice. Oh yeah. It's dude. just weird. Like I've met so many other people, like other comedians after shows and stuff. And it's like, I don't know why I was so like, you know, like weirded out that day. But like, oh, I can't talk to him. I'm going to say something stupid. <laughs> I like I personally think like like Norman at least in our area he's a guy that's been like going around everywhere like he's made so many contacts now and like I think a lot of people like the guy and I know a lot of people respect yeah. him. I think so, he's somebody that when COVID's over he's gonna go up a level. Oh yeah. And people are not like thinking about that, but I think I think he's gonna be at a level where like oh this is like one of the new like guy guys like they, like where he's right. like everybody wants the type thing. Right. I yeah, hope so for his sake, because I think uh, he's fucking awesome. Yeah, when I saw him, uh, 
it was kind of cool. Like my uh, a couple of people that I started out with like early on, they got to do a show with him in, I guess, December of 2019. And it was just awesome like to see them like at that level with him and just hearing like and seeing how friendly and great he is. And what I noticed with all those guys is like they just want to perform. Like that's the cool thing about COVID mm-hmm. happening is those guys like they're not uh there's no hierarchy with them. Like they don't really care. They'll do anything. They'll do any like outdoor show or anything. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um so when you started like how long was that before COVID happened? I did one mic on a Thursday. The following week, I did the same mic. And then by the following Wednesday, lockdown happened. Oh, my God. It yeah, was so – because like, at the second one, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I was, like, addicted. Right. And I just couldn't wait. And then when I started seeing the mics get canceled, like, I saw that mic get canceled, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't go. Like, I texted, like, uh, John Kirshner. Right. I was just like, hey – do you know any other mics? And he was like, dude, they're all getting canceled. I was like, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. It, I feel so bad for that happening to people because when it happened, I I started in 2015 and the thing that just sucked was like, I just had gotten like to the point where I had like a stable enough, because I don't drive, I had a stable enough ride to get to shows and mics and I was like, mm. we're on this pattern of just doing all these stuff like, you know, three days a week, four days a week, I could go out and do mics and, you know, like, go out and do a show on the weekend or do something, and then mm. it just, like, it completely drained out. <laughs> I felt so bad for all these new people that I saw and I was like, oh, this is gonna be completely different forever. I think it was, for like, for me, and, like, I know, like, like Steve Picard was another person, he started about the yeah. same time as me. It's like, I think it was a blessing in disguise for us, because, like, like, I mean, I don't know about him, but I know me, like, I think if COVID didn't happen, I wouldn't have in the beginning gone out as hard as I did. Like I'm at a point where most nights I'm I'm going up somewhere, whereas right. like a, a year in outside of COVID, I might still be doing just that one week mic a week that right. I was doing, and not getting any better. And like I probably wouldn't be writing as much either. Whereas because like the way I look at it is like so COVID happened, we finally start doing mics again in like June, and then I'm right. doing there's only like five mics everyone's doing and you've seen the same 10 15 comics four or five times a week so right. like by the end of the week if you don't have a new t- new five no they're not gonna it's... laugh anymore so that I, so quickly i was like i don't want to bomb anymore so i started writing more like made sure like every week i had a new five new five new five right so it, it, it forced me to write more and i think write better and constantly get better but, like, I think because of COVID, I don't think any of those things that happened so quickly like it did. Right. That's so interesting to think about. Like, with me, I sort of, I never looked at that from, you know, that perspective before. Because to me, it's like, I don't have, I always miss the, uh, like, I'm, I'm still enthusiastic about doing stand-up and I love doing it. But it's so different now. Like, I, mm. I wish that I had sort of this enthusiasm that I see, like, younger people have, like, or like newer people have when they do it, and I'm like, I used oh, to have sure. that. <laughs> I used to have that. I don't know what that is. Hope what happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's interesting. Like I never thought about that. With sorry, what? Yeah, no, I was just saying. Like I was just saying. Like I still have that enthusiasm. 
but it's funny like i have noticed like i know like comics i've been doing this a while like i think in the beginning like uh like the june-ish period like in the summer last year when things started like opening up again where we could do mics yeah the older comics were even like had the enthusiasm it seemed in the beginning like because they got to see their friends again and stuff like that oh, which i love yeah. and then now now we're at a point where like we're still stuck in this like shit show that's happening right. and i could see in all these comics i've been doing this a while like they're good comics that are just so miserable like they'll go to mics oh, and like yeah. they're good comics and they'll go up there and you could tell like they're just not happy and they're just doing their set and it just doesn't come off the right way right and I, it's I think, like it's yeah. crazy that's what I was going to say was so interesting to me that I never thought about that. I guess a lot of people have to deal with now is like, sure, you go to a mic sometimes and there's crowds, mm. but I don't think there's, especially with COVID now, there's a, there's a lack of crowds that are uh, consistent. So you're performing in front of mostly comics. And to me, performing in front of other comedians is like kind of a mixed bag. Like to me, I just had to find a way to, to make it, like work like to me i'm like i want to make the people who i am impressed by and i am like friends with laugh and Mm. it's like you know but still it can be rough because you're working over material so like people just have to constantly see your material so coming up with that new with that new stuff all the time is like really really admirable because to me i always feel like i don't do that as much as i should especially nowadays with COVID, I'm just like, I don't have any shows to perform for or prepare for. So I'm just getting the elevator hits to the ground. But it's cool to see you and like Steve and, and stuff and like those guys just come out. Have you felt like it feels like you've gotten along with everybody? Where do you, what area of uh, New Jersey are you from? So I, I live in Manalpin. Oh, okay. So I know a couple people from there. So you've, you're in like a pretty good area. Have you felt like you've gotten along pretty well with everyone? Oh yeah, I, I think I've been like just about everybody. Like, I was able, able to make friends with relatively quickly, which is awesome. And like, it, I felt like that is another thing. I think I think I started at like a perfect time. Whereas like I've heard, not I don't want to say horror stories, but I've heard stories like from a couple years before people starting, and they're just saying like how like the the community was just horrible to new people. Like they fucking treated them oh, like shit. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the COVID, everyone was just nice to each other because everyone was just like, who gives a fuck, man? And I think right. that's why I like, I, I like it because like, like, I was able to make a lot of friends that I didn't think I would be making this soon and stuff like, so it was cool. Even like people like, like there's certain people I know if COVID didn't happen, they'd be doing shows all the time. They wouldn't be doing mics necessarily all the time. And I would rarely meet, rarely get to see them or meet them. Whereas some of these people I'm right. seeing five times a week and I became good friends with them. So, like, there's things like that, right. which is cool, because it's, like, and, like, it's not even about network, but, like, there's some guys that I'm just, like, oh, I'd love to just hang out with this dude and just, like, have a beer with this guy. Like, not, like, like, where some people might view it as, like, oh, you're getting to network with these people that right. you wouldn't have networked that's with. But... Thing, that's the one thing that I would go back and, like, I just, I just, uh, like, am so embarrassed to have used that type of lingo before when I was starting out. It's just like to me, that's the one that's the one tip that I always give to like newer comics when they ask me what to do. I'm like, forge real relationships. Yeah. Like that's the thing about it is like you're gonna find people who are similar to you and as long as you just find that group of people, then you'll start to get on shows and you'll start to do more mics and stuff. But it always has to be organic. 
you know. I agree. I think for me, like, you know, starting out, that was the hard thing was, like, I wanted to be liked by the people who were sort of good, but I didn't really care, like, about being their friend, which was not a good thing to do. So it was like, you got to be genuine about it. You got to be, like, come with the good intentions. So I think that's really cool to just, like, get acclimated really well to the scene and everything. Uh, Have you done any of the uh, virtual mics and stuff, the, like, online stuff at all? I have thought about it for sure. Like, but the problem, so like in the, like when the first lockdown happened, when just about everyone had to do the virtual mics, I only had two real mics in my pocket at that point. I still felt uncomfortable on stage. I was like, I'm not going to feel comfortable on a webcam talking to people like, and, and, oh yeah. And my other problem with that is like, now it's a little different, but in the beginning, a lot of these virtual mics, it almost felt like you were just like having a conversation with the dude. Like you weren't even doing right. the, like your yeah. material. And I was like, I don't necessarily feel comfortable doing that too. Like I feel like this right. is like almost a detriment to me. Now it's a little different. Yeah. You get to like it's like an actual like setup almost where you can do material. But I still like now I think if someone asked me to like say do like a Zoom show or something like that, I'd be totally into it. I don't think I would ever like be like, Oh, I'm gonna do a Zoom mic tonight. Just I don't right. know, it's just like my mentality. Yeah. I but, tried one. And it just felt to me like, like, like vlogging. Like if I go on Instagram or if I go on TikTok, or yeah. Once in a while, it's like it just feels like that. It's like, and that feels like you just do an Instagram story. I always feel like my stuff doesn't, you know, and it's so disheartening because I like I don't think my stuff transfers over to uh, to doing online stuff. Some people can do that very well. They can like mm. do their comedy in different forms. It's like to me, it's just. You know, stand-up is the only thing. That, but uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about getting more comfortable on stage, because that's always a thing. It's like, were you a performer at all, like, before you did stand-up? I mean, I was in my fifth grade play, if that counts. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like, I, it was more like, I took a lot of speech classes, like, throughout, like, college and high school. Like, it was, like, forced on us. So, like, I always felt, like, I never right. felt uncomfortable, and I was a business major, so I did a lot of presenting I never felt oh, necessarily uncomfortable in front of people, but it was more of just like the embarrassment of, oh, if this joke doesn't work, what do I? And then you're laughing and you're like, and I'm a shy dude in general. Right. Those things kind of like, you just. And I... Right. Yeah. I make sure, like, even if I'm bombing. Just fight through it and then just, like, just be yourself up there type thing. Because <clears throat> you never want to be just sitting there, like, um, uh, uh. And so, like, that's what I was my biggest fear. Like, I don't want to be, like, right. if I'm struggling, just, like, start, like, yeah, now I'm it's... forgetting my material. Now I'm just, like, yeah. just, like, mumbling about, up like, there and things like that. It's so, like, intricate. Because that can make things way always, worse. <laughs> it always falls back on you. Like, to me... That was a big thing that's so different is, like, I started in improv, so, like, I was surrounded by people who were just, like, 15 times better than me at it, so it was, like, I could sort of just, like, not be lazy, but it was, like, oh, well, I can't do anything that you can do. I can't do voices or impressions, but, like, I can exist and, like, chug along, and then with stand-up, it's, like, oh, this is completely me. <laughs> this is completely just everything. And uh, it's it's really cool just to see, like, how you evolve over time. That's the one thing that's mm-hmm. really cool about it is 
seeing your material and also yourself like grow as a person in a comic. And uh yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh Oh, for sure. It definitely I feel any... like I became oh. more of myself. Oh, yeah. Like like I felt like I'm sorry. No, it's like, oh, a shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Do that, Rich? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I was like, I, I think stand-up is like the thing like I, I, I was looking for kind of before this. And then like when I found oh, it, I yeah. was like, oh, this is where I belong. Like I belong up here. Like, and it's like in a lot of ways the happiest I've ever been when I'm up there. That's something like, it's just like, right. yeah. you don't realize I it until you do it where it's like some people like, like, I always say, like, you, you always you know, think like, oh, I can never do really it. And you go up there and you're like, oh, like I a, needed this. Like a negative way, but like, it's the most comfortable place that I'm at. <laughs> it's like, you know. Everything else is like you know, pretty uncomfortable publicly. So it's like you know, I get on stage. I I liken it to being like a superhero. It's like you know, you get on stage and that's like your thing that you can do. That's like you know, it's like a superpower. Oh yeah, when you get one person to laugh, that's not like a friend of yours or a family member or something like that. You got a random person to laugh. It's like right. the greatest feeling in the world. You're like, wow, I did that. So, I created um, are, that. Is your uh, family pretty supportive of what you do? Do they know that you do uh, stamp or? Yeah, they're, they're actually, they're super supportive of it. I In the beginning, I hid it from just because I was right. afraid of like them, yeah. like almost making fun of me for doing it type of thing. So like I hid it from in the very beginning. And then finally, I was supposed to be like on a show at one point. Hey, Mike. We there? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. All right. Awesome. No, that's all good. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking, we, everything's safe, so we'll be fine. Uh, we were talking gotcha. about uh, your family being, you know, supportive, and that's really cool to hear because, you know, you never know with people, like, how their yeah. thing is. Like, uh, was your family, uh, like, funny growing up? Did, did they, uh, like, a lot of the same comedy like, that you did? I mean, comedy, yes and no. Like, I have a, I have a very conservative family, so, like, they like some... Like, when I was younger, I was in some of it, but, like, they like a certain different brand comedy than I might. Right. Which, I still like a lot of these comics, but there's certain comics where I'm just like, oh, this is the reason you like them type of thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. But, yeah, I always kind of felt like growing up, like, I was the least funny of my family members, you know? Like, it's funny to think about, like, I always felt that way. And I think it was just my own head saying that. But, like, right. like when I brought it, that's why I hit it from because I was, like, in my head, they're going to be like, oh, you're not funny. Why are you doing that? Right. 
And then, the, like, when I finally brought it, like, my sister was like, you're hysterical. Like, she was just like, I don't understand what you're, do what you're saying. Like, she was like, I, so it was like, it was good to hear, like, and then I like, kind of got the affirmation where it's like, I needed that type of thing. Right. Um, so it was nice. That's really cool. That's really, really cool to have that, like, just that. Yeah. And so, um, so you've had, uh, so you started with that. So we, we went over it. I'm sorry, I'm in my head. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's okay. Always asking stuff. So that's the true any, comic where your heads. Do you have any, uh, I know you've, you, everything has happened with COVID. Have you had any, uh, like, interesting, like, not bad, but any, like, interesting things ever happened to you at, like, a mic or a show, like, that you can share that like something crazy or anything the most interesting is uh that one kid that we know that just assaulted a cop oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. do you know that guy i heard about that yeah yeah so i don't know if you really met him because he was only going to like a lot of the north jersey stuff and i know you haven't you've done right. a lot more just like brighton and rtb type stuff yeah yeah that kid every time he showed up there was some shit going on like there was some kind of trip like like, there was one night at, like, the reserve mic, because the kids are a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. He was sitting there one night, and they have hand sanitizer on all the tables, if you wanted to use them. And he was sitting there drinking hand sanitizer, trying to get the alcohol out of them at the mic. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just watching. Like, I wasn't even there. I heard it from someone else, and the guy was like, I'm watching it, and I'm just like, should I say something? <laughs> like, you, know, you know what's funny? Is yeah, I heard was, about that crazy. from, uh, uh, when I was at Carl's, uh... Mike Carl had a Carl Helen, he had a mic at uh his bakery yeah. and uh it was like a small like thing and uh one of the uh I forget his I always forget his name, but uh you probably know him. One of the comedians there, uh he said uh when his name comes to him, but uh he um he got hit on by that guy on Facebook. The guy tried to uh to uh, hook up with oh, him. Really? And <laughs> and uh, it was just like uh, it was you know crazy. He just told me about that story and what happened with the guy and the guy and the cop with the. <laughs> That's so funny. I want to know Alex who this comic is though. Oh, Alex Lesky. He said he hit on him on. Oh him man, on I gotta ask Alex. <laughs> That's circle. I want to ask him and I want to get screenshots of these DMs right now, yeah. man. He's like, you know, he's like that guy, and then you know, we had we had a similar, we had a similar like really creepy, we had a really creepy dude uh, at one of our open mics. Don't talk about uh, sick like year. that. <laughs> and he was like, he looked like Dimitri Martin, and he's like, he got in trouble because of like racist stuff, but he was like a really. Uh, he was really like a law and order SVU like type of like criminal type of guy. He like really seemed like a creep, and mm. I felt so like weird just being around him. I felt so bad for like the women and stuff. I was just like, this is terrible. <laughs> but you know, I think I know of who you're talking about. I don't know him though. No, but um, it was it's just so weird like to have that. Like I, I always think of how. That's so connected. Like we always, I always say, like that's the funny thing when we talk about stuff like this stuff that happened with Louis C.K. and stuff. It's like, you know, 
madness and stuff like that is always an art. Like there's always going to be crazy people involved in any type of performing. Sorry, did I cut you off? Are you there? Oh, shit. I hear you every once in a while. Okay. Sorry, it gets like, you know, weird. I feel like every time we cut out like that, it really shows what the heck. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's like, I didn't even think of that. It just happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, have you been watching any, uh, like, newer comedy specials lately? Anything, like, catch your eye? You hear me, Rich? Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, sorry. What? Can you hear me? I'll message you back. Hey, Mike. All right. There we go. Yeah, yeah, you sound a lot better. Uh, that's the one good thing about the podcast that I like about this app that I use. It. Even though it's you know crap most of the, for most stuff, it's it saves everything. So I'm like, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I mean, I use Anchor to like distribute my podcast, so it's definitely good. Yeah, yeah, you. So you get it. You get the. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't know that you had one. Uh, what's yours called? Uh, better off junk. It's me. Uh, me and Steve Picaro. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I need, you know, it's funny you have him, uh, you mentioned him a bit, so that makes sense, because uh, I definitely want to ha- have him on. He's a, uh, oh, he's yeah, great. he's dope. He's, he's really, <laughs> I like his, uh, I like his vibe, like a lot of his, uh, like working class kind of vibe, like I don't know how to explain it. It's just Hell pretty yeah. cool. It's like he looks like he just drove a tractor and now he's doing some comedy. Like that's right. his vibe. It's great. Yeah, and uh, he's like you guys. Just seeing you guys, uh, that makes sense because you guys have the good chemistry together. It always seems like off stage and stuff. And uh, yeah, I see, I see you guys. When I saw you guys at uh, at Elizabeth's Mike, the last time I was there, you had like. Just great sets, like they're just like you know. I I can't get over how like you're how uh, how new you are. It's just is insane to me because you're so. Thank good. you, I appreciate it. And, I appreciate uh, that, man. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's just like yeah, and I love you know being you, comics and stuff. Have you? Uh, so what I wanted to ask you about was because I'm such a huge like comedy nerd in general, and you mentioned a few people. Have you listened or like seen any new specials? I've seen bits and pieces. Like I, it, I have such a problem where like I want to watch a special, 
but like because I watch so much comedy throughout the week that I think it's almost right. like I'm comedied out by the time yeah, I yeah, sit down I'm like oh I'm gonna watch special like right. I watched like Sam Morell put out a special on YouTube uh, where it's like all outdoor sets which is really cool and it's good material but I can only make it through the first like 15 minutes until I was just like okay I can't watch right. any more comedy right and so because I do love it I, I think Sam Morell's fucking I think he's a genius and he just doesn't get enough love yet. I think. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. Him, he, uh, Joe List, and mm. Mark Norman are like the standard, uh, like the three top New New York comedians to me. They're just oh like, for sure. They're, they're just they're great. They're. they're awesome. Yeah, like in terms of like their level of stand up, like they're they're the guys that like. And it's funny because they all are very similar to each other. They're all very good friends. On top yeah, of yeah, that. that's they, the cool like, thing to me. Yeah, that's one of the things that like I always loved was when I was getting into stand up was how um, the people that became. It was really interesting to me, and I always hoped for this was like that I would find a group of people, and it kind of did where they would, where they sort of become like your friends, and like you sort of get to see them succeed, like. You get to see all of them. Like, uh, I was a huge fan of uh, Pete Holmes and uh, John Mulaney and Mike Birbiglia. Mm. Those three guys, they started doing comedy together in the early 2000s, and they all made it. And it's like, it's just crazy to me how that can happen. Like, you know, you think, like, people would, be, you know, be one person. But it's kind of cool, like, to see. And it gives you hope because you're, like, you find your group of people to be. And I feel like. You had that with Steve, like, you know, like you guys could go even further with what you're doing. Uh, how long have you had your podcast together for? Uh, we've been doing it, I think we're up to, like, episode, like, 10, and there's been a few weeks here and there where we weren't able to do it. So, like, probably, like, a little over two months, maybe three months now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it's basically, we play drinking games with other comics. Oh, that's awesome. That's the whole podcast. It's a good time, yeah. So we we do it on YouTube. Like YouTube is like the big one because obviously watching, play, listening to someone play drinking games is nowhere near as fun as watching oh, someone yeah, play watching. drinking games. And like we want people to play along with us kind of because like a lot of times like we play Kings and stuff and that's a very easy game where someone could be watching and they could be playing along type of thing. Right. What is it? Called? Kings Cup. So so it's how does it the go? concept of it is like you get a deck of cards and each card corresponds to something whereas like. If you pick up, like, you, you spread them around, like, face down around a beer in the middle, mm-hmm. and you everyone picks a card, you go in a circle. Every card you pick, it corresponds to something, someone drinking. So, like, you pick up a five, that means all the guys have to drink. You pick up a six, all the girls have to drink, and so on and so on. So, it's it's a very simple game because there's no winning or losing. It's just drinking. Right. So, everyone could really play. Like, at home, you could be, like, just, like, you see the card, and you're like, oh, I'm going to drink too. Like, I think it's a fun time, but like, we do have it on every way you can listen to podcasts, so you could listen to it as well. Yeah, I'll definitely just, check that out. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. It's just something I look forward to. Yeah. That's really, it's really cool to have that. Just those, especially now, just finding every little thing to do and hang out with people and make stuff. That's the, that's the big thing now. Exactly. It's just creating stuff and, you know, having, time to do that uh yeah for sure i know like the reason like we start is like i know 
like me and Steve have been good friends for a while. And a lot of people would tell us like, oh, you guys should do a podcast. Together. I think you guys work well together. And like I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. Like I wanted to because it's like there's always one night a week where there's no mic or anything that I'm not doing anything anyway. So right. I might as well take advantage of that one night. So kind of like I hit him up. And originally I was like, hey, I was thinking want to play like uh, we can play like poker with comedians. I think that could be fun because I want something to be visual because I feel like that's the next step. I think. Oh, yeah. I think doing podcasts where it's only a listening venue. It's yeah. something that's going a little more obsolete. Like people want to see what's going on. And I think YouTube oh, yeah. is the way to go. And I think Spotify is going to start having you be able to put videos with your podcast. Like eventually. So I think that's, that's the way cool. to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to make sure it was something that had a visual aspect to it. So originally I was like, let's do poker. But he was like, I don't know how to play poker, but I'm down. Right. And I was like, well, that could be an issue. I was like, right. I was like, you know, let me think about it. And I was like, you know, I've never seen someone do like just drinking games as a podcast. Right. I was like, and everyone fucking loves drinking games. And like all of us comics are basically alcoholics or right. recovering alcoholics. Right. I was like, this, we have a lot of people we can do this with, a lot of friends that we can do this with. Right. So I was like, let's do that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know those. <laughs> and so, right. That's what it kind of just came into that. And it just like, and then we just started doing it. I wish, like, I had heard some people say, like, what, what a lot of people do, like, like people are professional people that do podcasts, they'll do, like, 30, 40 episodes and not publish them just to get the feel of the show and everything down. And, like, part of me, like, I wish we did a few at least where we didn't publish it just to, like, know how we want to do it because, like, the first few are rough. Right. <laughs> but it definitely – but once you got going, like, I think we started figuring out a relative rhythm to it. And like figuring out how to do it and stuff like that, we're definitely getting better. But it's it's yeah. a lot of fun no matter what. Yeah, mine was mine was so different because when I started, it was just uh, it was just um, me rambling. I was just like doing like an episode that would be like my opinion on something, and then I really didn't want to interview people until I had a better system. And when I started using a microphone and stuff and a better audio system, I was like, okay, I can start interviewing people. And now. My big thing is just like I like interviewing people at our level, but I have a couple people lined up who are like a little bit further along. Mm. So like that's my main thing. It's like I want to get comics of all types of like where they are in their career. For sure. So it's like you know. So uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but uh, Gianmarco Sorenzi, I think is. I always forget how to say his last name. I've but heard his like name before, for sure, yeah. And I got him to be on in May sometime. I don't have a date picked up, but he said he would do it. So it's like, it's just cool to me. It's like, oh, I finally have like a, like a, an actual headlining comic. <laughs> it's like, you know. No, it's yeah. So, it's so interesting to me because I was like, when I first messaged him, I messaged him on Messenger like I do with everyone. And I was like, oh, shit, should I should have messaged him like through his manager? And I was like, I probably should have done yeah. that. He's probably not going to respond. And then five minutes later, he just responds and says, sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But it's just so interesting to me because, like, I, I have gotten – that's the one thing with this that I've gotten so much better at is I used to be so, like, shy about it, which is so weird. Like, I would be like, I don't know if you, anyone wants to do this. Mm. And people are so good. So I'm really oh, yeah, happy yeah. That, you, uh, that you agreed to do it because it means a lot. Oh, for sure, dude. I, I mean, I've been seeing everyone, like, you post, like, everyone that you have on, and it's like, oh, it would be cool to be on that. Like, yeah, I, I would love to do anyone's podcast. You, you fucking, you tell me your five-year-old niece has a podcast, she has <laughs> right. to have me on, I'll do it, bro. Like, it'd be fun. 
Yeah, I think that's the cool thing also about mine is like everyone sees like everyone and it's like, you know, uh, I can't wait to have, uh, you know, who, who uh, is doing really great stuff is, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy that Steve Poston, he does the. Uh, oh, yeah, he's he's great. He does the drawings of everyone. It's fucking great. And uh, he's he's great. Have you seen his uh, like the stuff he does on stage? Yeah, I, I see he's... him. I see him at least three or four times a week at Mike's. <laughs> oh, right. Do you do you do um, you're probably able to do Wawa a lot, right? Yeah, I do Wawa most weeks. Yeah, I, it's too far for me to get down there a whole lot. So I've only been down. Yeah, there without once. a car, it's it could be frustrating. Yeah, it's terrible. You got to convince like Caprio or Beecroft to drive you or something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's insane. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I make it work. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's cool to have that because it's like okay, now it's another one. That's the one thing that's interesting now is like things are coming back, and that's the big thing is like okay, now it's just getting there, getting yeah. stuff and doing stuff, and. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I, I almost think it's a shame now. With like, 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 say Brighton. It's like we went all this time doing the Brighton thing, and now, like, right before things, like we might be finally seeing a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Now it's over, type thing. Oh, with yeah. Them. So yeah. it's it's so sad because like that is a really good venue, especially yeah. like when like legit shows like we're able to start happening. Like that's a good venue to do it in, and now yeah. like it obviously you can't. Yeah. It's sad. That was a huge like. You know, I, I kind of wasn't too surprised that it happened just because it was, like, knowing how tough they've had it for a while. But to me, I'm very uh, I'm very confident in Angelo because, like, <laughs> this always comes off wrong. Like, he always makes fun of me when I say this because I always say it, like, in an offensive way that I don't mean. But it's like he's had we, – we've gone through a lot of – this isn't my first uh, – what's the saying? First rodeo. It's like I've been mm. – through a bunch of you know mics closing and stopping and restarting oh, yeah. and stuff and it's like it sucks when it happens and you know it definitely is like a gut punch but i think like with someone like angelo and like a lot of hosts like things just things just always pop back up and people are always you know Coming up with new stuff, so things will oh, be back sure. and things will. There'll yeah. be some. I I'm just more. I feel bad with about the venue itself. Oh like, yeah. Let alone the mic, like because it's like the whole venue is, as yeah. far as I know, gone. Yeah. And so like that's sad to see because it was a, a dope venue that had a lot of history. I know, like so like yeah. it's sad to see it like now it's gone and like that could be a place like when crowds are able to come like it would have been easy to sell people on going there type of thing you know oh yeah yeah compared to like, like that that's the thing that's hard with wawa like i love wawa but it is it's a social club right so it's like it's all there's only so many people that are willing to just go one and randomly into north bergen and <laughs> there's no parking and then at, once you figure out parking then you go in and it's just like you're just surrounded by all these like former cops and everything like that just playing pool and stuff and you're like am i in the right place like right yeah this it's so interesting how you get used to the certain areas that you would never like you wouldn't think are like approachable to be in and then you're just that's what you do yeah. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. For the comics, we could go anywhere. We don't care. Like, you put us in a prison, we'll start doing some comedy. Like, right. But the yeah. audience, the audience might care a little more. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. It's it's always so cool to see, like, how we keep going and stuff. Have you done uh, the um, the Comedy Fight Club at all? I haven't actually done it, but I've watched, like, gone to it and watched a couple times. Yeah, I'm, like, getting into it now. It's so funny how, like, at first I was, like, I love those guys, but I was, like, this is not, like, my thing. And now it's, like, they love me there, so I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like... That's the thing, like, if they ever asked me, I'd be totally down. But, like, They're I don't cool. know. I would never, like, ask they to do would. it type of thing. They probably would. You just have to find, like, you just have to find someone that, like, if you if you told them about Steve, like, you guys could just, they'd be cool with you guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and, like, we're, and I'm friends cool. with all those guys that, like, run it. So, like, I totally, like, we could do it. But I know, like, I feel like neither one of us, it's necessarily, like, our style to out there yeah. and somebody type of thing. So I yeah. think like obviously it'd be something like we would have to agree to do it. Yeah. Like agree to, like, to do it. But it's like I feel like that that's hard to do to write roast jokes, I feel oh, like because yeah, like like you want to be funny and you want it, but you also don't want to like especially like me and him are friends, we don't want to cause friction in a friendship. So you want to play right. that like fine line. Right. So it's like so that'd be something like it's something that's like tough. So like it, it like if the time came up where like they asked to do it, I'm sure we would both do it. But right, it's not something like I would like go out of my way to do if they right. asked me. Like hell yeah, and I, I think it'd be fun regardless. Yeah, it is really fun. They they do a really good job. Those guys are. It's just so cool. Like before I knew about it, I just knew those guys from when I told you that like I started going out more and just getting getting more stuff. I was like when we were going down the. Jersey City once in a while, it was like all those guys, because uh, you know Mark Kenley? Yeah, I, I'm pretty good friends with Mark Kenley. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's one of like, the original original people that I started with. Yeah. And So you knew Fat Henley. Like, a couple of years ago, yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, like, he moved to Jersey City, and then that was like, you know, it's so funny how he became like, sort of known over there as he was known over here, and it was really cool, like, to see him come back. So when we went over and saw those guys, it was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about New Jersey comedy is like, no matter where you are, everyone knows each other. It's insane. Yeah, it's true. It's it's definitely... It's, like it's a small world. It's so big, it's so small. Like you said, like it's a small world. But Henley, I, I love Henley's style. Like, he is so natural on stage. Like, he... Oh. Like, he has bits, but they don't feel like bits when he's doing them. No. Which I love. He has a, I always say he has a ton of charisma. Like he's just, oh, yeah. you know, which amazing with that. Yeah, which is like I think it's like it's kind of wild to me to think about because like obviously he was a heavy guy and I'm a heavy dude, so like I feel like I don't have that natural charisma or like uh, which the confidence to me where like like I would ever try to do that. But like he just like he didn't care, and I think that's so admirable. Like, and I think that's dope. Yeah. And like, but I, I I think he's hysterical. Like even just talking, oh, yeah. just having a conversation with like, I think what's great about him is like not only does it feel natural the way he does it, but like there's certain things like the little like idiosyncrasy like words that he says like, like the right. like he'll just say like a common phrase but say it in such a way that just it sounds right. funny, and that's a, like, and it's yeah. like before I even 
before I met him, like, <laughs> I remember he revealed something that was, uh, like, so interesting that he doesn't do now. Like, one of the early things that he used to do before I saw him do comedy was he used to read, like, erotica on stage. <laughs> like, that was his, like, thing when he started out. And that's, like, just the most hilarious thing. That's that great. <laughs> he would just read all, like, these Fifty Shades of Grey type of stories <laughs> and stuff. Like, and you can totally picture him doing yeah. that. I can picture him reading like an article where it's like every not not article, but like a story, and it's just like, and then he tied my wrist, and he'd be like, "My man." <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, he's it's fucking great. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Have you? Um, I'm trying to think of other people. Like, who are the other people that you sort of seem like that you would say that you're friends with? Like, I mean, pretty much everyone. Like, I don't like. I, I'm pretty like I, Dave Namery. I like a lot. Jesse Montanez. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that guy in a while, but yeah, he's cool. He's yeah, cool. then like Jesse Montanez, T.J. Francis, Kate Lawler, all those oh, people. Like, yeah. I I got pretty close with quickly. But like, and that's and then everyone in the like, I like Ryan Rummel. I think is a good guy. Brian St. John, all these guys. Like, I became. Oh, like, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. He's. It's so cool to see Ryan how, like. He just he's he's another level. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. He and I think he, out of most people we know, I think he's like, he's just a goofy guy, and that's what I like about him. Like he's like oh, one of yeah. like he'd be someone like even if he wasn't a comic, you want to just hang out with that dude just in a basement, just hanging out doing like smoking weed and just drinking beers type of thing. Like yeah, he's just a guy that you just like having fun with. I feel like which is kind of cool. Whereas a lot of us, it's more of like yeah. we're funny in like. A way where it's like you want to hang out with us, but maybe not so all the time type of thing. Right, like he has that cool yeah. vibe to him, which I dig. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's it's always so. Uh, that was another small world thing with me and him was like I did the last I did improv before I did stand up, and the last time the last year that I did improv was he was in like the class that I was in, and uh, like we did a couple of scenes together, and he's just so funny. He's just like. To me, I just love his, like, creative. He's so creative with everything that he comes up with. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's definitely a very creative dude. I remember he, he did, like, a, a yoga skit with Aaron Wahlberg, and it was oh, hysterical, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, it's always so cool to see those. Uh, as, do you, uh, have you met um, Joe Gorman? Do you know him? I have seen him in passing. Like, and I have talked to him, but, like, I don't, like, know him. He's right. a really funny dude, though. Like, the couple times I've seen him, it's just, like, he just brings such a chaotic energy, which is oh, just yeah. there. I, I almost, like, the way I look at him, because, like, I, the reason why is because I, at in the beginning, I confused him and Tim Lowe with each other. Because, oh, like, yeah, I had yeah, seen yeah. them at different mics, and they, they have a similar look, but I almost feel like yeah. Joe Gorman is, like, the chaotic Tim Lowe. Like, if yeah, everything went yeah. wrong in Tim Lowe's life, he'd be Joe Gorman, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. He's he's great. Uh, um, Yeah, Tim Lowe, that's... He's another guy, like... Uh, I remember... The, the story that I always have about him is when I did... When I was, like, maybe a year in, I was at um this one mic we used to have... Uh, I don't know if you ever went to it. Did you go to the George Street Co-op? No, I've heard of it, though. Or no, that was probably before your time a little bit, which is uh, a shame because it was a great place. But um, was that the one that Caprio was running or something like that? Yeah, he hosted a show there too. Yeah, uh, Mike there too. Yeah, 
Mm. Uh, but um, there, I remember I was like maybe a year in, and I had to follow him, and that was incredibly hard. Mm. He went like first, and I went second, and it was almost like, yeah. oh, how am I supposed to follow Tim Lowe? <laughs> and especially, I think Tim Lowe is fucking genius. Like he has oh, yeah. some of the most well-written bits out of the people yeah. around, like, and it's just like so smart. That's he a, has yeah. a uh, he has a special that he put out. Uh, it's on YouTube uh, a couple years ago. Um, it's very good, but uh, yeah, it's mm. just like it's so cool. Like his just the memorization of everything. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like yeah, I love. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's also like like because like, I was like we were saying like before I started like my biggest like influence I guess would be Normans and like. Like, I feel like Tim Lowe comes from that sort of school. I don't know if that's one of his influences, oh, but he yeah. has that similar style where it's, like, every word has purpose. And I oh, think yeah. that's – and, like, you're able to memorize it almost like a script, but, like – and you you say it in a way where it's not like you're reciting a script. You're saying it where it's natural, like, you're saying it on stage. And I think that's such an awesome, like, way to do it. Because I think at the end of the day, like, if we're going to make it and you want to have, like, obviously the idea is eventually to put out specials and those specials do well and, like, things like that. So for you right. to be able to put out a special, you need to have that in your, like, belt, of t- that's like, tool belt type of thing, being able to do that. Because, like, you, it's hard to do a special where you're doing, like, fucking crowd work half of it, you know? Or, like, oh, yeah. Or just saying, like, random, like, saying jokes, but saying them, like, extemporaneously could work, but in the right environment. Whereas, like, if you're doing it, like, that style where it's, like, every word has purpose, that's what right. really works on a special, I think. So, like, I think that's – it's a smart way to do it if you could do it right. Right. Like, my favorite thing, like, you know, it's so funny talking about specials and stuff. Like, the main thing that I use, which is, like, that nobody – that I think is very, like, underrated that people don't use is Spotify because mm. new albums come out all the time and then – some people you'll be like, oh, this is like a pretty big comic, and then another time you'll just be like, oh, this person writes for the Tonight Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, or this person's like the most like best comic in you know Michigan. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, I I totally relate to that because like I remember when I first started like really decide like when I was getting into comedy was when I first got my first iPod, and on iTunes they would have yeah. comedy albums. So like obviously I had the greats like I had a couple bit like and you were able to get bits like how like the albums work. So, like, I had, like, yeah. Murphy bits on my iPod. I had Robin Williams bits. And then I had right. Dean Cook. And yeah. then, like, but then there were guys, like, I would see random comedians I think are funny. Like, say, I was watching, like, VH1 and, like, I Love the 90s is on. They have, like, fucking Joe Coy on or Michael Ian Black. And I'm just like, oh, right. these guys are comedians. Michael and yeah, yeah, he's... I have the, I can get bits and I would, like, just buy their shit on iTunes and I would listen to it oh, that way. Yeah. And I loved it. And it made me learn about new, like, different comedians and stuff like that. Right. So that's what I love about Spotify because they have that now and they have, you know, they have a great, like, you know, thing of just comedians and I have all these playlists and stuff and it's like, it's really cool. And I just see, like, the one thing that I've noticed in recent years is, like, Canada has the most, like, best stand-up comedians that no one has ever heard of. It's, like, insane. Like, that's interesting. It's just crazy. Like, just to see, like, how (laughs) things go through. But, um, yeah, it, it's been really cool just to see, like, things just happen. And that's the cool thing for me is, 
seeing the people that I started out with do stuff now with other people, like do stuff, do shows now with Mark Norman and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, and like it's like oh, it's like so cool. But um, for sure. So uh, I remember really ch- there was like one point, uh, it like this is like early pandemic, like it was like July that I saw Norman, I think he was doing, he was doing, either, it was probably a parking lot somewhere, but I think it might have been the parking lot, Stress Factor or something like that, and yeah. I think tickets were like 50 bucks, which isn't bad, but I had no one no. that wanted to go with me at the time, so I ended up not going, I was like disappointed, and then I remember, I want to say it was like late September or October, the guys at Fifth Borough Comedy Festival, so like John Kirshner and stuff, they got him booked at a bar on Sunday on Big Nose Kate's, and they got him booked on a show, and it was free. They just had to come and support the bar. And I was like, fuck yeah. So I went, and, you know, you had to get reserves. I went, and I was like, I got to see my favorite comic for free. And it was this awesome thing. And honestly, as more I got in, like, ingrained in the scene, like, I've seen him a couple times probably. Like, I like bits and pieces of him, like, just people put it on shows with him and stuff like that. And, like, if you're a comic, a lot of times with these shows, they just let you in for free because you're friends with them. So like I was right. like it's cool like I was like I was about to spend fifty dollars not that he's not worth it I think he is worth it just by yourself it's yeah. hard to go to a comic show by yourself <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, but it was like it's funny like I, now I got to see him free and I was like that's awesome to me like it's like a dream right what other people have you seen Mark? uh I've seen Sam Morell he's he's fucking awesome uh Nick Swartzen oh I love Nick Swartzen. yeah Nick Swartzen was one of those where like. Because I was a big, like, Adam Sandler fan growing up. And, like, he was in you know, oh, so many of his movies. Is I think him and David Spade are very underrated as stand-ups. I think in terms of, Especially like, the him, general right? public, I think you're right. But I think a lot of stand-ups, like, re- well, maybe not Swartzen as much, but, like, I know Spade. A lot of stand-ups I don't respect the shit out of Spade. Yeah. Because it's just, like, he has some fucking amazing specials amazing bits like and yeah. he's also been in so many so much shit and he's just always great and everything he's in like fucking even joe dirt like everyone sh- people show on that movie but that yeah. movie has some fucking hysterical lines in it and he's so oh, good yeah. in it and he's great and like yeah. just shoot me he was great rules of engagement like you can go on everything i've ever seen the guy in i fucking love his yeah. character at the very least his yeah. character i love yeah that's really cool yeah i saw um I saw Bo Burnham. I saw his uh, Make Happy tour, his last oh, yeah. from his last next special, and that was just like that was amazing in like a like a technological sense oh, yeah. of like he's got the most interesting like, career I've ever seen. I think. Oh yeah, and he was another guy that like was one of the first people when I really got into like being a comedy nerd. Like when I first, he was like the main like person that was really super. Like, and the thing that was really interesting to me that I, so interesting to me was he really rejected, like, people talk about how he came from YouTube and stuff, but he really rejected YouTube pretty fast. He was like, he left pretty quickly. He rejected, but it's like, it shows like how DIY that guy is, and obviously how talented he is, because like, yeah, dude went from, he fucking uh, started on YouTube, obviously got a huge following on yeah. YouTube, and he turned that into a stand-up career where he's featuring. So he's like the first one of those guys to do it. Because now you see everyone from Vine yeah. and TikTok. They have a huge following. And that's how they start headlining. He was yeah. like the first one of those guys that was able to do that. Yeah. But people loved his stand-up. 
So you were able, he was yeah. able to do that. And then he's turned that into a directing and acting career where I'm pretty sure he yeah. got nominated for an Oscar as a director for his first movie. And then this one, the movie yeah. that he was just in, I don't think he was nominated, but there was a lot of buzz that he was going to get nominated as an actor. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. knowing like in my head, I'm just like, this guy was just on YouTube. I was watching him right before I was watching Smosh and then Annoying Orange. Like, I was right, just yeah, like, it's crazy yeah. to me seeing this, like, evolution. And, like, and it's awesome because he's a very talented dude. Oh, yeah. And and he's yeah. a guy that was so young, too, when he first hit. Like, I think his first special came out. I want to say he was only 18 or 19. Like, it was, like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, he was, he was, he, I think he was 18, yeah. And it was, uh, he's still to this day, like, the youngest, like, the youngest age to have a, you know, Comedy Central special. And it's, like, just insane. Yeah. Just to see, like, you know, that. And uh, so I saw him. I saw, um, you know, it's it's so funny. I didn't get to see him this year, and I was so disappointed because I really would have loved to see him at Verve. Was, uh, I saw Sean Patton. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, a decade ago. And he did, like, I swear most of this set was, uh, was um, improvised. Like, I, I would swear that it was. Like, I still remember this one bit he did where he started out and he, he talked about how um, in Texas, like, they like to make everything bigger. Mm. And they call it Texasizing. And he revealed how, this is completely true, that uh, in Texas is where they first invented breast implants. So he did this whole bit where he's like, we're going to Texasize a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I still think about that whole entire set that he did, which is like, it's like, oh my god, this is just insane. But uh, yeah, it's it's always so cool to see like people, you know, to see comedy live and see that happen, uh, and just you know, experience that. And you know, most of the people that I've met, like, even if I didn't, you know, even like really enjoy their set that night if i see like a famous comic mm. and i meet them afterwards they're always usually pretty nice oh yeah it's been shocking to me like how i've never really met people who are really like bad it's like you know to be around it's like they're it's like yeah they they made it for a reason they're good to be around <laughs> yeah i i kind of have the feeling where it's like if someone's a dick Unless he's the funniest guy in the world, a lot of people just aren't even gonna book the guy if he's a dick, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's always what's cool. And uh yeah, so mm-hmm. So uh wouldn't so are there any mics like so you just still do Wawa, is that the the main one? I mean, I think that's uh a main one just because it's it's usually two or three times a week for a lot of people, but like right. I, I'm usually like I do Elazar's mic at RTB every week right. usually. Yeah. Uh, I do the Reserve Club, which is another mic that. Uh, oh right, I, I mean to go to, go to that yeah. one because uh, that's what uh, I had Carl on recently. Uh, oh, yeah, I love Carl. Carl's like the nicest oh, guy in comedy. I don't care what anyone oh, says. <laughs> oh yeah, he's so great. He's he's one of the nicest people ever, and. Uh, yeah, it's just, he's one of those people that's just, like, early on. It's, like, that's the one thing that, like, I I really uh, dislike about what happened with the Brighton bars. I wish that we had, I wish that we had documented more. I wish that we had, like, a documentary series. That would be cool. Eventually, we just had someone just recording the whole thing, and, like, and they just patched it into a documentary style. That would have been so cool. 
Right. Like, because the Brighton was cool like that, where we just had, like, it was really, I don't know how to explain it to people who aren't, who aren't comedians. It's like the coolest, it was the coolest thing. Yeah, it was very uh, punk rock, which was perfect for Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's comedy in general right now. It's just like, it's, it's a very punk rock thing. Like, I mean, now that's opening up, it's not as much, but like when things are closed down and like a lot of it was like hush hush or like it was, uh, right. Like, uh, speakeasy style. It was just, it was super, like, it felt like very punk and very counterculture, which was dope. Right. Yeah. It's, it's always great just to see, um, just to see stuff like that happen. Uh, I was curious, um, there's a, there's an open mic, uh, in, uh, Delmar, um, on Wednesday. Oh, the arcade one, right? The arcade one. Have you ever been to that? Because they're really, really I haven't, actually. I was thinking about th- doing this one, but I haven't gone yet to... You should uh, come. It's yeah. very, it's very fun. <laughs> so, look, is it, like, is it, like, barcade, where it's, like, a, a, uh, a bar and an arcade, or just, it's just straight up a retro arcade? It's just, like, regular arcade, and, uh, you know, it's all to the comics, and, you know, it's, like, 30 minutes, like, an hour before we... We uh, play within the arcade, and then we do like in the back. We do a we do an open mic, and it's really that's cool. cool. It's really good. And that's yeah, this Wednesday, great. right? Yeah. So I'm excited for that because, like, to me, that's my that's my uh, like that's the thing. It's like that I crave. It's like okay, now we have to do this again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I definitely, I think I might because especially because I haven't seen a lot of like the Brighton crowd, which I assume most of that crowd is in a while. So yeah, it's nice yeah, to it's nice. yeah to go to that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really cool. Uh, yeah, I like I like that. It's really it it's really cool just to like have like met you. And see, like you at this point, because I feel like you're really gonna, you're really doing a good job. Bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate, it, bro. Um, I just wanted to wrap up with something. Do you have um any uh, like what's your uh, social media stuff? Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Mike Laurel Comedy. Oh no, I'm at Mike Laurel Comedy on Instagram. On Twitter, I believe I'm the Mike Laurel. And uh, then Facebook, just Mike Loro. And YouTube, we have uh, Mike Loro Comedy, but I also have Better Off Drunk is the other one. Right. Check out that podcast. Watch it. Listen to it. Give us some listens and views. Even if you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so what is, um? do you have any, like, I know it's so crazy with, COVID and everything, but do you have any like specific goals in mind currently for what you want to do in comedy? I like to break it into like mini goals, I guess. So like my next mini goal is I want to get to a point where I'm consistently getting booked weekly, like at least a couple, like one or two at least instead of like, I'll get the one every other month type of thing or like a guest spot type of thing. So I want to get to that point, and then after that, it's just, like, get to a point where I'm doing pretty well, and I have one, like, minor goal that, like, I would love to do. I want to, like, somehow, I want to get a spot at the store, 
so badly because like that's that's the mecca oh. of comedy like oh yeah yeah like yeah. Th- like i even if i just do a five minute guest spot i want to get that at some point like like hopefully yeah. at the end of the day we all want to be a headliner like that's our end game right. goal obviously not everyone makes it there but like if right. if i could get to a point where at least i do a like a guest spot a feature spot whatever on fucking at the store at some point I, I could go comedy and be yeah. happy at that point. Like, where it's, like, in my head, like, like if I knew there was, there was nothing further and I could go up then, like, I'd be fucking set. Right. Like, yeah. that's, like, yeah. the next, like, I guess, big goal, which is not even that big of a goal. I think, that's a, I think that's, yeah, and I think that's good. Like, that's a, that's a major one. Like, when I saw, uh, do you know Danny Braff? I've met him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Seeing him be able to do that was, he got to do, uh, I think it's called the belly room or something. Got to do it was dope. Yeah, it's just like dope, and it's so cool, like just to see him. Like, it also like shows you like things are possible. Yeah, like, like the trajectory, it kind of works. It's like, yeah, you you just got to keep chugging on. And I think uh, it's really cool. Um, I, I want to ask uh, you have like a pretty uh, like darker sense of humor. Uh, mm. Have you always, like, ha- has that always been, sort of, where did that develop from, do you think? Do you... Uh, uh, I mean, depression and anxiety is probably where it develops. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've I always kind of had a darker sense of humor. I think I went to Catholic school most of my life, so I think I think uh, a lot of that, yeah. most people from Catholic school, they either become priests or they have a dark sense of humor and become atheists. So I think, right. I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily, I'm close to an atheist than Catholic, so it's like... And I have the Dark Souls right. so I guess I fit into that crowd a little more. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I love that, like, the deal with what I am so much is you're very good at, uh, like, you don't focus too much on it, but you're good at ro- writing, uh, like, on current event stuff. Yeah. Like, to me, I always, I always wish that I was a better, like, topical comedian. To me, I'm always like, yeah, this guy is like, you know, it's almost like watching a late night set, sort of. It's like, oh, this is like, you know. Oh, yeah, too. Like, kind of like a monologue type topic. thing. I love yeah. that, like, stuff. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so interested to see, like, what you do with uh, the DMS. Yeah. <laughs> like, going on and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is, like, great. Like, yeah, I, you know, I so like cool. doing that, like, one, because, like, you never know what could turn into, like, an actual, like, bit, bit where you can keep going with it. But it's also, like, I think it, it's a good, like, exercise to write, I think, because it's, like, if you're constantly, like, I, I like to read the news in general, like, try to keep a little, like, myself a little bit updated. So I like to, like, right. if I'm reading the news and stuff and I find things that are funny about it, like, uh, and I think it's good to be able to write about that and, like, it just, you're keeping that, your brain, like, working out, I guess, because it's all a muscle, like, comedy, yeah. I feel like, writing and performing, obviously, so you're constantly doing it, it definitely helps improve it. And this is another praise that I have for you that uh, this is probably me just praising you way too much throughout this episode. I love it. Don't stop. What I love about when you do the topical humor is you are, you don't really share an opinion on it. You just make really, really good jokes on stuff. It's like, that's really hard to do. It's like, and that's the goal. I I hate when people like, you can make a joke about it. It could be a good joke, but I hate when they put, make it like they spin it. 
It's like I might as well be watching CNN or Fox News. Like it's it's like I I don't want to hear your opinion necessarily on it. I want to hear why you thought it was funny. Like that's uh... that that's great. Like that's what I love about watching your stuff. Is just like oh these are just you know there's no slant to it. There's just really really good jokes. Thank you. (laughs) So (laughs) that's just another praise. (laughs) That's just my main point. Is I think you're really really great. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that, dude. Uh, so, um, thank you so much for, uh, putting up with everything technological. Oh, no, I'm glad and, we were able uh, to figure out how to stop causing the issue. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, okay, thank you for I'll, having me. Uh, yeah, this, the episode will go up in like 30 minutes. Oh, hell so. yeah. Okay. So, uh, thank you. Oh, so, dude, thank you for having me, dude. Bye.